Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Minister Nisi of Real Talk Ministry. And I just want to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I pray that you have things aligned with your vision that you want to see happen this year. And I pray whatever didn't happen last year, you carry over and you continue the work. I want to go ahead and get to the topic of what I want to talk about. And it's the title that you see. And I want to share before I even start with, I just want to give a disclaimer that I am a Christian too. So being a Christian, I'm not here just on here just to share a word because it is the new topic of the day. It is the new news of the week. Or this is what happened this month and last year. I am coming because there are souls that need to be saved. And I want to say what the Lord laid on my heart to say. It is the congregation who is causing these problems. We can't continue to put up with the things that we see gospel entertainers, gospel leaders. We justify everything they do wrong by saying they're anointed. So we can't do our prophets no harm. We call people anointed and can't do their prophets no harm when they're not even the prophet and not even anointed. It's like our discernment is not really discerning. It needs to be accountability from the congregation. It is time for the congregation to stop letting the non-Christians point out the evil, talk about what is not done correctly in the pulpit with the singers among the saints, and we sit back and say, but we can't judge each other, but happily judge everyone else. I want to say that last year to this year, the church representation of the church it is a repeated pattern every year. It's just a repeated pattern of what's happening in the pulpit done by somebody else. And it's always a wow factor because we never expect it from that person. And it's not always because we sit back and just love our pastor or love the leader or love the singer so much. We as Christians, I want to start off by saying I am a Christian. So I'm not trying to bash or hurt or be the disciplinary committee for those who are missing representing the light of God. But as a Christian, sometime or another, we should be tired of taking the blame for all the other Christian mistakes. And the reason why I said the congregation is their fault, because when you're in your congregation, if you're not getting a download from God saying, this is what you should be doing, this is what's going on with your church, this is what's happening with your pastor or your praise worship person or the person who is even sitting next to you. If you're not getting a download, you should forever be praying for the leaders. Christians, we often mess up in this way. We often mess up because of the titles that we believe in. We mess up because he's a pastor or she's a pastor or she's the praise and worship leader or they're the musicians or they're the deacons. And how dare we say anything unless we bring harm to ourselves for saying it. Because the Bible says this, and the Bible says that. I do not see God giving non-Christians who don't want to give any money to the church, don't want to pay tithes, don't want to pay offering, don't attend a service, don't care to attend a service, will talk about and put down everyone in the Christian community, how they are able to point out the wrong and we sit back and say, you can't judge them and you can't talk about it and you yourself can't acknowledge or discuss the wrong. That is not how it works. You have to have accountability. Now, I ain't the one who usually just go off name, name calling people. 
I feel like just like you should pray for one another, just like you should pray for your family, you should pray for everyone because it's the soul you're praying for that they see salvation and not just the individual because you like them over this other individual. As Christians, we're not coming together as a whole. We're coming together individually, cherry-picking who we think should be the one we we should pray for, the one we think we should accept as the mega leader. And we're also the ones who decide who's the prophet, who's really not a true prophet, who is called and who's not called, and that's messing up the church. The congregation has to hold accountability for everything, for everything that you're sitting in your church paying tithes and offering to. I want to start off by saying last year, um, I may have did a little news segment because I do have on my YouTube called RTM News. And I just do a new segment, just highlighting what's going on in the world. We have to learn when to celebrate, not to celebrate, and when to leave well enough alone. From my understanding, there were so many multiple services, multiple church services, um, celebrations after celebrations after celebration because of a man that people felt guilty that they wasn't really a friend to when they abandoned him because Dr. Pearson went a different way with the word of God. So they let their feelings be the very thing to cause his death to be celebrated more than it needed to be. And I'm not saying that you can't have a celebration of death. I know I've been tired and I've been to funerals where you supposed to like praise the Lord that they went into the kingdom. I am not putting them in hell at all because he doesn't even think it exists. So it wouldn't make sense if I did anyway. But the confusion is as saints, it's when we start celebrating, being mad at people because they are not speaking the truth the way he truth the way he spoke it because he died, and seeing leaders that the congregation put up on a platform saying things that are not of God just to justify his death. That brings confusion to the church. It brings confusion to those looking at the church. And if we're not careful, inclusion is going to be the antichrist. Because we're going to let our feelings for, oh, it doesn't really mean it that way. Oh, we're supposed to love everybody. Oh, it's not really like that. You know, Christians only do that when it's their own. But they won't do it if it's a celebrity or somebody they don't know. We can't keep cherry picking over the things that we feel as Christian is acceptable to the world and what is not acceptable. God gave us a book and it came with all the instructions that you need. That book is not just there for you to get a blessing, to have faith, and to believe he's going to supply all your needs. It comes with correction. And in saying that, I had a prayer that I did for 2024. And I'm not saying that it was going to be answered, but it was very sincere. And then I told the Lord I had to switch up that prayer. Because I want the prophets to be the prophets. But I said, Lord, my prayer is that when a prophet comes to town, that they send corrections and directions. It doesn't mean that people are going to fall out and die. I pray that you give people the confidence to know that whatever they need, whether it's financial, whether it's a house, whether it's a car, we know we've been saying that all our lives. It always has to do with something with a house, a car, or a spouse, and we want healing for diseases. That seems to sum up the Christianity way of living in this world. And that's just about what we're okay with. But I prayed, and I said, Lord, let that person be satisfied with knowing 
that the house, the car is on the way. I'm not against it. If you never had a house and you want a house and you need validation, great. I am not against that. But I pray in 2024 that correction comes. I pray that when you run to go see the prophet, that the only thing they're going to tell you is how to live your right, life right with Christ. To assure you that whatever you need that is lacking is going to be on the way. But the prophecy is this is what you need to do to get it together. We have so many misrepresentations in the world that's supposed to be our leadership that the congregation don't think they're responsible. They think because they're leaders, their titles, they should know better. But the congregation has a responsibility and the congregation should know better. They should know that if this pastor is telling you, and I'm not saying names and everything is alleged, and if the Lord allowed me to say the name, it is not out of being foul or petty, it's out of love. But if a pastor tell you to come out from among the world, come out from among them, they will even tell you if your friends or family make you mad or don't want to go to church and don't live right, come out from among them to be among them. Then something should in you question, Lord, what is going on? Why is this happening? This is no more the years, no more years of saying, I can't question my pastor. If you can ask God a question, you can ask your pastor a question. During last year, 2023, I'm just doing a recap to get us to the place where we are now in 2024. During 2023, everybody who possibly could talk about Beyonce, talked about Beyonce. I'm not coming against no downloads. I'm not for or against. I don't got nothing to do with it. Beehive, songs that drop, or concerts. Nothing to do with that. But we had Christians coming out with PowerPoint presentations, Excel spreadsheets, pickle charts, uh, TikTok demonstrations. They looked up who the goddess she was serving and who she was and what she was all about. They tore her down because she was wrong. She's a witch. That's what they said, allegedly. I haven't got the download. I'm not looking for the download. But that is what has been said. And to each his own, if you receive that word, if that word was true, okay, I'm not coming against it and I'm not coming against her and I'm not for her. But when T.D. Jake's incident happened, all the saints kept saying was, touch not my anointing, do my prophet no harm. Now you got to come correct with everything that we do and it has to be line upon line and precept upon precept because God don't have a respect of person. The thing that we're failing as the congregation, because we put too much on the leaders to show that they're supposed to be responsible for us, and they are not. The thing that is failing us as the congregation is just like you could figure out, get a download, that the devil is in Beyonce, allegedly, because I ain't trying to say nothing that I ain't know. Look, like I said, he didn't give me the download. But Beyonce is the devil, and she's the witch, and she's everything else that you say the Lord says she is. Where was the prayer and the power of all these people to help her get over that? The reason why there was no prayer and no power, because people wanted gratification over validation. They want people to say, you're right. You make sense. I know you called to God. I know he put that in your spirit. I know that you are a true Christian. They want the valid gratification of being able to say, I said it, I did it, I heard it, he told me. So this is what, it's, this is what happened because it came to pass. 
But the thing about her being a devil, the thing about her being a witch is, she's not a devil. If she is a devil, if she is a witch, it is not in the limelight all the time. The only time Christians want to come out against these R&B singers when they're doing wrong is when the world give it attention. Then we feel like it's our job to put a stop to it. And nine times out of ten, we're not stopping it. We're just making it worse because we'd rather sit in the chat and debate and fight about it than pray about it. That woman is a soul. If the Lord gave you a download and told you something is wrong with her, you should ask God, what do I need to do to fix it? What kind of prayer do you want me to do? What kind of fast do you want me to do? And to those same, same, very people did not do the same for TDJs. Those same people are being careful in what they're saying. But in our eyes, it's like we got a higher sin. We got a lower sin. We got a sin that is fitting. We got a sin that's inexcusable. There's a sin that he would even wink at. But in God's eyes, the sin is a sin. And just like we want to, as Christians, not me, but as Christians that I've seen, want to hold Beyonce accountable for what she's been doing so the masses won't follow, you have to do the same thing for T.D. Jakes. You have to do the same thing for Mike Todd. You have to do the same thing for any of these celebrities that we now, um, or any of these Christians that we have put in celebrity positions to say that we allow them to represent Christ on our behalf. Because that's basically what we're doing. Now we're going to skip on over to 2024. Happy New Year. I'm not going to talk about R&B singing, whether you should listen to it or not. But I know you're not supposed to be doing what Pastor Murphy did in his church. There's no excuse. we got to stop taking excuses from people who say, oh, I gained a thousand souls that night. No, you didn't gain a thousand souls. When you go to a club and the club is good, yeah, you may have 100 people that night. But the next week, you're going to have probably two or 300. Because if the music is good, the food is right, the people are good, the vibe is good, of course they're going to come back. How are you going to claim souls on a night you did nothing for God? You literally, the church literally allow R&B music to be played and danced in the sanctuary where they're supposed to be holy ground, dedicated for holiness, for when New Year's came, start doing a praise break, and then turn around and say, get mad. The pastor is mad at the people for questioning it. You know why? Because the congregation where he is at allowed it. And you know what's going to be even sadder? That when a scandal come up, that same congregation is going to walk away and be like, I have church hurt. And I am not a hypocrite. I will never be like, it's not a real hurt. I will pray for you and your leader. But if you're walking away from something you totally agreed with, that you didn't question how it may look as a member of your church, how your church may look, what it may make your pastor look. Is it really drawing? Is it drawing someone that's going, is this the representation that we really want? Is this what God really saying we should be doing? And you don't ask those questions and you just go along with it. You're saying, hey, I agree. And what you're doing is right. And then when it all comes shattering, you do have the right to say you have church hurt, but it will be your fault. And we will be, as we always are as Christians, there to help pray you out of it. But at the end of the day, you know what? Moses didn't get to go to the promised land. And a lot of people that was with him didn't get to go either. 
Aaron was his spokesperson and he didn't get to go to the promised land because he struck the Moses struck the rock because he was unhappy with what was going on. And what was the, what was going on? He went up to talk to the Lord <laughs> to get some instructions for the people and they was coming they was partying and dancing and doing their own thing and not giving reverence. And it upset Moses so much that he disrespected God. Christians that are being real, true Christians, really trying. We're not all perfect. I'm not saying that. But for the ones who are really, really trying, don't strike the rock. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Don't strike the rock. Don't strike the rock out of frustration because you're tired of seeing it. Stay prayerful. Get a prayer partner. If your church is not seeing of these things because they're not in the mega area arena or you don't have someone that is just leading the crowd in your church and they're phenomenal to the point the world want to see them every week this doesn't exclude you or your church you need to pray we need to pray as a congregation to hold the leaders accountable if you don't hold the leaders accountable you will fall who would have thought out of all the things that Moses had went through with those people, and they were a rebellious people, that one incident of disrespect would keep him from the promised land and many others that was with him. And as Christians, allowing this outright disrespect in your church, you can't have a double-minded leader. You can't have T.D. Jakes telling you, that you can go to the clubs and you can go to the strip clubs and you can go to work, but you don't want to come to church because your church hurt, as it's not real. And now, allegedly, I will say, not seeing his group show up, his church show up in support of him on Christmas and the way he was talking, my only assumption is that he's feeling that right now. You can't tell me not to go to the club, but you bring the club to the church and say 150 souls got saved. Save from what? Because the reality is that person that you may save may be confused on the fact that they think clubbing is okay. And when you tell them the next time you get up to preach that clubbing is not right to stay out of it, they're going to be confused. Because you're not doing it the biblical way. You're doing it your way. And you think your way is going to get the people in. That is not how you're saving souls. You can't be double-minded and you can't be double-tongued. You can't double-talk. And again, I'm not perfect. I don't know anyone who is. But I am tired. I am tired of seeing souls walk away from the church. I am tired of being the Christian that people have to attack me because the Christians that are leading are not following God. I don't mind the attacks. Don't think I'm weak. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's unfair for me as someone who is considered sitting in the pew can't have a word to say about what's going on and lastly i want to stress this and i want to stress this from the bottom of my heart those who are sitting in the uh in the pews facing the pulpit those who are sitting behind the pulpit in the choir stand those who are taking the 12-step programs that you won't be able to even touch a microphone when you're in the church because they're going to think you're being greedy and that's all you're taking their 12-step programs of being a minister for anyway you're sitting around, you're giving your tithes, and you're giving your offering. You better start asking where it's going. Where is it going to? 
How is it that you're sitting at home giving your tithes and offering and can't pay your bills, but your leaders can spend time with the richest of the richest or putting money to plays that don't even make sense, supposed to be the representation of uh, resurrection and throwing parties? Like, honestly, the way tithes and offering is being given to the churches now and how I'm seeing it's being used in many platforms, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to... I will be the one who will be like, okay, I gave my tithes. Y'all talking about some special event. Can you tell me what that event is? Because I don't want my tithes that could be going to the homeless, that could be going to me who's about to be homeless, going to some party, some all-out celebration. I don't want that. There's better things that it can be used for. And I know that sounds petty because a lot of y'all still think the tithes is going to the Lord. And I'm not getting into tithes, just like I'm not getting into R&B. But at the end of the day, if the tithes is going to the Lord, you think he's allowing all this stuff that's going on in the church? I don't know. I would say no. This year, um, the beginning of this year, I started RTM TV, Real Talk Ministry TV. And I ran my first series, uh, first five-part series of church PTSD. I will put it in the details in the link. And I would love if you will listen to the offering and members of the church. I would love if you listen to all of it. We can't continue, saints, the congregation, y'all can't continue to let y'all leaders do this. What do y'all believe in? What do y'all believe in and don't believe in that this is susceptible? You should be tired as Christians fighting each other, fighting the non-believers because we like somebody so much. And I know why it's that way. It's that way because we knew they had a word of deliverance. We knew that they had the power and anointing. We knew that whatever they said was a blessing to our lives. We knew when they prophesied it was true. But at some given point, when we see them slipping, when we start questioning ourselves, that is not the time to sit back. That's the time for prayer groups, fasting, and praying. That these people don't fall by the wayside. We can't always keep saying because they're a pastor that this is their job and they should know better. As the congregation supporting that pastor, you should be at a state in your life in Christ where you should know better too. We all learning, but some things are just a given. Some things are not learned. It's been taught already, so we shouldn't be doing it. And if it's going to be done, it shouldn't be done by the choice of the whole congregation. Listen to God, follow his lead, understand his ways. The church is your fault that this is keep happening. And I know that sounds hard because nobody wants to take responsibility of something that they are not doing. It is hard to tell a congregation of people who was doing everything that you are literally telling us to do in order to have a life of Christ. And then you turn around and do the opposite and say, oh, it's my fault. It's your fault because you got to see it. You're sitting there every week. You got to see it. You got to pray for the leaders. And I'm not just talking pastors. I'm not talking a pastor that's a him or a her. I'm not excluding anyone. But it's just like this man I heard speak, and I don't know who he is, so forgive me, I don't have his name. And then I'm gonna let you go. He said that there was a gay couple, and it was like he was saying he was the pastor, and that was the first husband. 
And he was like, people are all up in arms, but we already know the truth. So why get up in arms? Because we already know what it's about. We already know that people are doing this. He was like, they are even speaking in tongues. He was like, but you can't cast out any demons because Satan can't cast out itself. And this is something that is true. I do not deny what he is saying. I'm adding on saying the same thing. That even though we look at homosexuality as the greatest sin in the whole entire world, it's the minimal sins that are creeping in. And you can't tell me that you're going to do sin and then turn around and pray and dance over that sin and then go back to doing sin again. God is not pleased. My name is Minister Nisi. I'm, I'm with Real Talk Ministries. And I thank you for listening. I pray that this is a blessing. I do have prayers that I have for the ending of the year. December 26th to the 31st, if you'd like to go back and listen to it. You can also visit it on YouTube and my website, www.rtmmin. I am looking to have a blessed year in Christ, and I pray you are doing the same. And trust me, my words are not just words because I'm ranting or I'm upset and I don't like what I see with today's news of this week and last year and last week and 10 years ago. I am concerned about the souls. I don't want to see anyone lost. And even though I know hell is there for the lost, I don't want to see it. I want to do all I can to prevent it. So stay strong, stay blessed, and God bless.